Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. This episode of Collective Wisdom is brought to you by Umatoni Jewellery. When Umatoni Thukubenziga was a teenager, she used to sell Kenyan jewellery to her friends and family after she'd returned from her summer holidays on the African continent. But she didn't just want to sell Kenyan jewellery, she wanted to do some good while she was at it. So today, Umatoni works with artisans from two of Kenya's largest slums. And by purchasing the jewellery, you're not just buying an aesthetically pleasing piece, think timelessly elegant gold hoops or handcrafted chunky chain necklaces, but you're also supporting the dreams of those artisans that dare to change the cards that life's dealt them, and in turn, their family's future. With a 360 ethical and sustainable promise, Umatoni Jewellery is also elevating the narrative that jewellery is an agent for social change by looking at luxury through the lens of culture, skill and community. So head over to umatonijewellery.co.uk, that's U-M-U-T-O-N-I jewellery.co.uk to find out more for yourself. Thank you so much to Umatoni Jewellery. Hi there, my wise friends, and welcome back to a brand new season of Collective Wisdom. I took a bit of a break over Christmas and the new year to rest up and recharge my batteries. And I have to say, I really missed you all. Both the messages in my inbox from people around the world and the conversations I get to have with inspiring humans making a real difference in their communities and beyond. So I'm really excited to be getting back into the latest round, which as International Women's Day is just around the corner on March the 8th, I thought I'd dedicate the whole of season nine to some truly inspirational women. So this season, we're delving into the important issue of equity and equality and why it's crucial to have equal representation and opportunities for all women in all aspects of society. We'll hear from women who have overcome adversity and shattered barriers in their fields and learn about the challenges they faced along the way. We'll hopefully let their stories inspire us to continue fighting for a more equal and just future for all women. So thanks so much for being here, and I do hope you'll join me for an empowering season of Collective Wisdom Ahead. We're kicking off with the talented designer and creative brain behind the brand Umatoni Jewellery. Umatoni shares the story of her brand and its mission to empower artisans from Kibera, the largest slum in Kenya, through the creation and global sale of their unique and beautiful jewellery. By working with these artisans and providing them with a platform to showcase their talents, Umatoni not only helps to elevate their craft, but also helps to break down barriers and challenge stereotypes about life in the slums. It's a story of creativity, entrepreneurship and social impact that's making a real difference in the world. Welcome to the world of Umatoni Jewellery, where every piece is handcrafted with love, passion and the cultural heritage of Kenya. But more than that, the artisans making the jewellery are young people from disadvantaged backgrounds hoping to turn their lives around. 
Developing new skills that will keep them away from the biggest threats to young men and women in slum areas, the prospects of a life of crime. Currently, Umatoni is working in Kibera, which is the largest slum on the African continent, as well as in Babadogo, which is located on the fringes of Nairobi. So today we're diving into the story behind the brand and getting to know the heart and soul behind the pieces, the talented designer, Umatoni Thuku Benziga. Her jewelry is more than just a brand. It's a reflection of her cultural roots and the traditional techniques passed down through generations. Each piece is a work of art, a fusion of contemporary design and traditional craftsmanship that not only adorns the wearer, but also tells the story of a greater mission to empower the disenfranchised. Think big, bold gold hoops and striking chunky chain link necklaces. So let's pull up a chair and sit back and hear from Umatoni herself and get a glimpse into the inspiration behind this wonderful brand. So Umatoni, a warm, warm welcome to you to Collective Wisdom and Thank you so much for being here to share a bit more about your your brand, your mission, and the story that um, that that Umatoni Jewelry is all about. Of course, thank you, thank you so much for having me and for such a warm welcome and introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just dig in. So let's start at the beginning. How how do you go from I've got an idea to getting this all off the ground? Great question. And whenever I tell this story, there's so many, there's a number of elements. I'm going to kind of split it up and kind of take you on the journey of how um, the jewellery brand came to be. So first of all, I am of Kenyan and Rwandan heritage. So I used to spend a lot of my summer holidays, um, especially from around secondary school through to A-levels in Kenya. So a lot of my mm -hmm. summer holidays I'd spend in Kenya. And on the way back, I'd typically get gifts for friends, family or aunties um, in the form of jewellery. So there's something called the um, the Maasai market that, that oh, takes nice. place on a weekly basis, lots of local artisans come together, showcasing and selling their crafts. Um, and what I found year after year is that more and more people would ask me for um, pieces, um, but obviously this was a gift. So I had to be like, hey, 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 there's a limit to my <clears throat> pocket money at the time. And um, would you be willing to buy it? And the answer to that ended up being yes. So there were, I think around maybe a year and a half, you know, like I, I sold a, a church fair, a school fair, and then just to aunties and uncles here and there um, on a very sporadic kind of basis. But I remember at the church fair, I made a hundred pounds profit. Wow. Like, so how, how old were you? So talk, yeah. Yes, I was 15. I think I was around 15 years old. And so that a hundred pounds, I'm like, wow, I can buy every flavor lip gloss i can get the cherry the grape the strawberry the every the pineapple that's huge yeah to be and, to, and you know <laughs> off your own back to say and and you're testing your market and you know finding people who love the jewelry as much as you do that's that's amazing exactly so that was such a beautiful experience for me um with that said i wasn't kind of preoccupied with the idea of starting a business at the time. I was just trying to be a teenager. I played lots of sports in my free time. So whenever I did have free time, I wanted to go to the cinema with my friends and <laughs> just that kind of stuff. Mm. 
And then another kind of element. So as you you kind of mentioned, we have a whole mission behind um, the brands and the communities we work with. And that was kind of driven through when I turned, I think, 2021, I wanted to support a young girl through school in Kenya. Um, and I wanted it to be a, a young girl I could kind of build a, a relationship with, right? So when I say that, I meant I didn't want to go through a traditional charity model i wanted there to be when i go to kenya be able to meet her spend time with her just have a conversation nothing too big but i think you know money is great and finances are, are fantastic but i think sometimes the human connection interaction aspect could just yeah adds an extra layer of, of value um and so my grandma who was living here or my grandma's sister so my great aunt she was living in london and moving back to kenya and i just told her i was like sure sure i really just want to um support a young girl can you help me identify who this young girl can be how we can build that relationship and yeah she did she put me in touch with a, a lovely young girl who was 13 at the time she was being raised by her grandmother her parents weren't in her life she had two younger siblings so she was nearly like a a parent figure in her own her own home yeah and so initially the the thought was to take her to secondary school i mean to boarding school in kenya when you were in the kenyan system secondary school can be through boarding school but because she was such a she played such a pivotal role in her her family home we decided to just um help support by getting her some tuition and um, right. yes and so she's also doing the kenyan system and what that means is you know exactly where you are in class you know who is number one who is number five who is number 10 who's last <laughs> on a on a year and on a termly basis so after just supporting her for a few months she had really just jumped significantly so that was beautiful to see and i remember being like whoa okay this is fantastic yeah. having an impact it's having an impact exactly and then when i went to kenya i was able to meet in person invite her and have her grandma to my grandma's place and just you know i think it, it kind of humanized the whole interaction because i think she was there's this person sponsoring me from out in america or out in the uk and but when we she mentioned like oh you're kenyan oh my gosh you've got a grandma you've got a sure sure like okay this is so it created a a, a different layer of um connection i think yeah um, but then what I did find is that um, I was asked for a few more contributions financially beyond my initial intended, um, you know, just helping on the on the educational side of things. And so what what I realized is that sometimes you could there can be a, a dependency model that that's given that's created. Right. And so you're sort of learning very early on that just giving money. But I mean, that insight to say it's education that is empowering, it's it's helping people help themselves. Yeah. But even so, there's this, okay, where where where's the limit? Where do I exactly exactly so i had to just be very honest and say you know i'm also young yeah. <laughs> um, i had my own limitations on that so um but when it came to now launching the business launching the brands i knew that i still wanted to give back in some way but i wanted it to be sustainable i wanted it to be empowering i wanted it to 
to be something where we're all motivated to to work and kind of go through the challenges and come through them together and come up with solutions. Um, and then the final element of the business is when I watched Black Panther 1, the first film. So the second one has just come out. Um, but when I watched the first one, I remember watching it with my friend and just seeing the costume design. And it reminded me of some of those pieces I used to sell as a teenager when I was in my teens. Wow. And just being like, wow, okay, I can see the similarities with these pieces I used to sell. I listened to an interview by Ruth Carter, the costume designer, and she was talking about how she had this team and they went throughout Africa and they did all their research. And I realized that actually just given my trips that I was taking and conversations that I could even have amongst family and then artisans that that too was a form of research and so all of those elements kind of brought together birthed the brands that you see today and so it's a real coming together of yeah that that instinct to to be a philanthropist to help to 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 use what you have in your creativity to to really enable and and empower other people and but also seeing that you know it's really interesting to hear when you're just helping one person and then when you when you do bring other people into that whole system and and think about it as a how can how can i make this sustainable so that if i even took myself out of the picture it might have a journey of its own it might have a route out of poverty for many other people not just one person um, is incredible is incredible so it still takes quite a leap of faith to go from, I mean, I love the story about Black Panther and I think so often those things can be inspiring because they trigger something, as you said, it's just, oh, wait a minute, that reminds me of when I was 15 years old and I know that there's a, a real demand. So it's that meeting of, I've got the access to Kenya and I've got that real sense of heritage and I see those beautifully crafted pieces and then how did you get to, okay, I'm going to work with people in Kibera. I'm going to find those people and, and, and help them connect the dots to, to actually find customers in, in the West, if you like. Yeah, it's been a journey. I think, again, it just kind of required me to go to Kenya, have a few conversations, see who could connect me and just learn, just learn, start having those relationships, start seeing what the capabilities are. Because the amazing thing is there is so much talent. There is so much talent on the continent. There is so much talent within the slums. There is so much talent within Kenya. And so it really was, it's been an educational journey for me you know, I think I had actually never been to a slum prior to launching my own brand. Um, and even when I tell, I, especially at the very beginning, when I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to Kibera today. My, my family were like, you're going, what? <laughs> oh, when? Why? Wow. <laughs> you know, are you wow. sure? Like, just like that? Or, you know, but I think it was one of my favorite quotes is start where you are use what you have do what you can right and i think maybe there is an element of naivety where you're like yeah go just go and figure it out but i think there is a beauty in that like that just let's go and figure it out let's go and figure it out have those conversations see the samples that the the artisans already have the pieces they're already selling and then it's still been a, a discovery journey 
like since we launched in De- in December 2018 to now, the pieces we sell are, are very different because I've well, they're seen- amazing. I mean, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to go and check out. There'll, there'll obviously be links in the show notes, but the pieces are. I mean, you've done some beautiful work on the photography as well. The models just really embrace that serenity. They they're really quite regal pieces. Amazing. So there, there, there's been any, would you say that when you started, they were quite small pieces or how, how's it evolved? Yeah. So when we started, a lot of our pieces were made from pure brass or there was a lot of beaded pieces. And so even after having some conversations with our customers, I realized people were seeing us as an African brand, which is, which wasn't my aim at the time, which might sound ironic because I've just spoken about all the history and, and heritage, but I really had to kind of dig deep and say, oh, what exactly does that mean? What, where, where do you wear your pieces? And the response I got was, you know, whether there's a traditional wedding or whether there's uh, some sort of event or dress up event um but actually it's not a piece that you'd just put on some hoops and go to tesco or go to on holiday and take them to to dinner or something like that you know so and i had to really look at myself because i was working my nine to five at the time and i too was not wearing my pieces day to day and the reason is because they were they weren't really part of my day-to-day look, you know, unless I was really trying to make a statement. (laughs) Um, So through that, I had to be like, okay, how do you adapt this? So now we have a full range from some really huge statement pieces to simple pieces that you can wear day-to-day to the corner shop, on holiday, to a wedding, to an event. We've had our our pieces worn at like the Cannes Film Festival. We've had our pieces in music videos. We've had them in um, shows. I wear them to Tesco. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, but, but that's, that in itself is a beautiful story because what you've done is you've gone back to your customers yes. and asked them, you know, you've really built that empathy around knowing who it's for. Exactly. And, you know, I, as a jewelry designer myself, we were always trained, you have your little gateway pieces, people can just dip their toe in the water, you have your absolute signature. And for me, those are your gold hoops, those are your sort of big statement earrings, but also they can be a little bit smaller, you can you can basically suit your own personality. And then as you say, those signature pieces, which, yeah, I love that it's gonna, you know, they go to Cannes, they, go, they, they are part of, maybe they'll be in the next Black, Black Panther, you know, I'd love to see oh, that I happening. That. Let's put that out into the universe. <laughs> yeah, let's just say that's what this deserves, you know, a, a real sort of, because you've put that empathy and understanding into how, how and, and who it's for and what it's for and how it works for people is is amazing so going back to Kibera, i mean i loved that bit where you said i i think naivety sometimes can take you a long way at the beginning it's like i didn't know what i didn't know so i was just willing to and what did you find there because you said there was such huge talent what, what what were the surprises so I think, so when I started, I was working with um, artisans in Babondogos. And then through the pandemic is actually when I started working with artisans in Babond- in um, Kibera. Right. So I was working with a number of artisans in um, Babondogo, but as we were growing, evolving, 
having like a few challenges and just wanted to be like, you know what, let's also see who else we can, we can work with and partner with. So I was introduced to our current artisans through a friend and it was basically, she was a very, very lovely lady who just invited a number of artisans. I said, hey, I'm in Kenya. I really want to work with some new artisans. And she invited a number of people to, to her home, actually, just to show their pieces. And I met them. We had conversations. And the one of the main um, artisans I work with now is just a a guy and he had his bag and was very kind of quiet you know I think some people came like ready for a big presentation kind of just went and sat in his corner and waited for his turn and then we had a conversation he showed me his pieces they were stunning I tried them on I took pictures and I was like okay I want to come and see your workshop and I think even by that he was like oh okay mm-hmm. you want to come to Kibera I was like yeah yeah when can we come tomorrow Wednesday you know the next day kind of thing so I think even from there he was like yeah okay fantastic this is the address if you want to come with somebody tomorrow so that was it one of the um my friend's friend was also um familiar with with the workshop and decided to, to take me the first time and then um yeah it was it was just to see the level of talent the level of craftsmanship the level of skill the level of innovation and mm. if there, there were some pieces where I was like I really like this but could we change this element and just a can-do attitude I think there was yeah. I was there was never a no we can't really do that or it was like yeah okay or you know we're gonna figure out how or let's try it see and if we need to change anything kind of move from there and I just really loved that because I think it's um especially so early on it, it that can do attitude is it's just so important well, it's so helpful and it just moves things forward doesn't it it's like you know there's a real sort of momentum that comes from yeah we'll figure this out we'll we'll if that might not work and some some things don't always go straight away you know as planned but when you've got that attitude, it just is so refreshing because it enables as opposed to, oh, okay, this is all uphill struggle and um, yes. hard work. And it's funny how your your intuition almost guided you to the right person to work with. Yes, definitely. So how, how what, what, what does the team look like on the ground now? Yeah, it's a good question. So it's a team of around 12 artisans all together mm. in a workshop. Um, we've got, yeah. they, they all work on different aspects of the of the jewellery making process. So whether it's the cutting of the brass or the polishing or the soldering or the gold plating. In fact, an element we introduced last year, or we, we finished introducing last year was gold plating. So as I told you, when we started, it was just, pure brass, pure beads, um, and we introduced gold plating. And mm. what happened is I went to um, to Italy. I actually went and got the machinery, imported it into Kenya. There were limitations because that was, initially that was 2021. So importing the, the machinery into Kenya, had to put it in a container, you know, build a container, um, cut out windows, add electricity, like <laughs> it was such a process. I was like, oh yeah. my goodness, <laughs> this is beyond my um, my area of expertise. But again, figured it out, had a lot of help, a lot of people just kind of chipping in and contributing. And um, 
the first time around, actually, the plating didn't work. You know, I was convinced that we could just have a few Zoom meetings and I'd understand the chemicals and the timings and the, this, and it just was a bit of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so shut the machine off, shut everything off. And then early last year, so around, uh, probably around this time um, or a bit later, maybe April, I went out to Italy. I got in touch with the team and said, hey, I'm going to come. You're going to show me how to use the machine. And you're going to, with the exact items that I have here, don't come and show me anything new that I haven't purchased. I want the exact chemicals, the exact machinery. I will be trained and then I will come and train my team. So that was beautiful. That was a process and it worked. And look at you. You're just, you know, you're constantly just saying, right, challenge, break it down not get defeated by it i'm going to learn this and then i'm going to teach yeah. someone else that's that's an incredible model to take you forward i mean that that drive that inner drive have you always had that do you think um i think so i mean i will be very honest and say i definitely had many breakdowns in between in the <laughs> like, oh my god it's not supposed to be this hard but i think anything that's worth it is always you know it's that invested time. It's that overcoming the challenges. It's it's facing hurdles with that can-do attitude. That's when you look back and you go, look how far we've come. Oh my exactly. goodness. Exactly. Yeah. And there are other people doing it. There are other people doing it. Everybody started as a novice. Everybody started out not knowing. So it's like, yeah. okay, be patient with yeah. myself, be patient with everybody and let's go through this process and actually also just having a lot of help whether it's you know I needed the container put together and my auntie suggested this person to help my uncle suggested we need this particular wire because it runs under the ground I was like oh my god I don't (laughs) you need to level a container you need to put the cement you need to get oh it was such a process but again just having so many people be able to pour in and add advice and then just moral support every now and then sometimes like yeah can we just let's just talk about everything and anything but the jewelry today it's been yeah enough. yeah and then yeah just be able to take that step back from it and then i mean because the pandemic itself your timing was just not quite perfect exactly <laughs> exactly but i think when the world was closing down and shutting down and red zones i was like do you know i would rather be let me be stuck in kenya let me go iron mm. out the production side of things so you you moved over to kenya f- for most of it you were you were over there Yes, I was there, I think, for five months the first year and then six months the second year just to figure it out, really. Like, okay, let's improve our let's improve our products. Let's improve our process. Let's it was playtime, basically. I I mean, that again, it's like turning turning that sort of unfortunate circumstance into an advantage is is again it's part it's part of that same attitude it's just beautiful to behold and just and and what you know because I think I think the pandemics had an impact globally obviously but in those really poor areas Mm. it's been um it's been huge what have you what have you seen yes I mean at the very beginning of the pandemic, so March, April, 2020, um, that is when we were just about to launch our men's pieces. So prior, we as when we launched initially in 2018, it was a women's brand, women's jewelry brand. And then as the year kind of went on, I had people reach out like, hey, we'd love some pieces for the men, we'd love some pieces with the men. And through 
that Christmas and the Christmas prior had kind of sourced, um, there was a ring that we were going to, to launch and I had this whole big idea and campaign. And then the world stopped and the world stopped and it then seemed wrong to launch a, a new piece of jewelry. It just, it, I was very conflicted at the time. I was like, how do you do this? The world is going through what it's going through. But so I kind of put everything on hold, um, but I decided to just call my artisans at the time, not to talk business, just to be like, hi, how are you? How are yeah. things? How How is everything going? And so the artisans I was working with, um, at the time, so that's when we were in Babandogo, and um, the main artist, his wife was a social worker, so she knew the needs within the needs, you know, within the slum, within these communities, she knew details and, you know, what happens in the slum is a lot of people were get their income through say street hawking and stuff like that where it's selling fruits and vegetable on the side of the road or in traffic and things like that and but as the country was put on lockdown and there were actually curfews in place some people were not able to actually make an income at all so we had this conversation and it was it was very upsetting I think it was very challenging there were people who hadn't eaten in in days and coming to not able to feed their children so I I asked a few questions I was like okay how much is it to to help a family with food how do you do that what does that look like and again just because they're really good well versed and connected in the community they had a, a, a shop a friend that had a shop and said, listen, a month's supply worth of food would cost this much. And it would include rice, maize meal, beans, sugar, oil, like some very basics, but to keep you going, keep a family going. And so that's how we launched our first ever male product. So that it was a ring called the Omoja ring. It's still available. It's now gold plated. Um, and through the pandemic, 50% of the proceeds were going towards supporting families. So when I had that figure in mind and it was, yeah, it was, we were able to support, I think around 12, 13 families in the end. And it was, it was just very beautiful because I felt, one of my, I feel like there's a responsibility. And so with me having a really close affinity with my East African roots, and then also being born and raised here in the UK, I um, live in West London. And I kind of felt like, sometimes I feel like I'm between these two worlds, right? So my mission with the brand is to amalgamate all my worlds. So being Kenyan, being Rwandan, being British, born and raised with an international global vision is to kind of bring bring that all together or connect them in, in a certain way. And so I felt like there was a responsibility. So yeah, so that was how we ended up launching our first um, item for men, which was the Umoja ring. And it was it was beautiful to hear the stories. It was beautiful to hear, you know, just see the 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 food being given to these families knowing that we've made even just a small difference um it was really powerful and ironically i had just moved into my property here and there was a group chat and i think somebody had mentioned um was a restaurant owner and mentioned if you want fresh seafood or fresh sushi delivered to your door daily we can do that because 
you know, they, they owned a restaurant and obviously still had connections to the, to the services. And so I think I cried actually after that phone call, because I was like, on one end, people have, don't know how they're eating, what they're eating, how they're feeding their family. On the other end, it's like, don't worry, the sushi can be delivered straight to your door in the morning. And I, I, it was, yeah, it was beautiful that we were able to find a solution in the end. Um, but that that was some of the, the conversations we ended up having and solutions we tried to put in place to, to do our little part to help. Well, it's just an incredible story, isn't it? It's, it's Again, you went from, oh, is this the right time to launch a new product to, wow, we can actually make this about the new product. We can take the adversity in the pandemic. We can take the people who need the help and this is how we can be part of that solution, which is, is that that's the sort of thread that runs through your entire approach to life. Yeah. It's, um, you know, where, where did that compassion come from? You, you've got such a strong sort of sense of, for someone so young, such a strong awareness of, of the difference you can make. Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure I've been asked that. I mean, I think probably from my mum, I think a lot of my traits are from my mum. My mum supported um, a number of children while I was growing up, whether it was through charities or friends that had charities and different communities. And so I think I, I always saw that, you know, there was always like a picture, say, in the kitchen of a young girl she's supporting who sent a postcard and just updated her on the work that that she's doing in school. And I think it it's through through my mom and just knowing that I think we're, we're humans at the end of the day, you know, mm. Seeing the commonalities and you you definitely have um there's a real connector in you you know you've got this real sort of well go to italy and i'll get a gold plating machine and if that doesn't work i'll go back to the people and ask them and then i'll bring it to kenya and i'll you know merge those two worlds and as you said about your own sort of identities in the worlds that you live in and how they can all be brought together and we can see just how much similarity there is, you know, exactly. everyone's just doing the best they can to get through in life. And exactly. it's so beautiful, so beautiful. So what would you say is your your vision for the brand now? You know, you're kind of, you're really getting that foundational base. You understand your customers. You've got this really beautiful story that's evolving. Where would you love to see your pieces? That's another great question. I'd love to see it in the next Black Panther. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so we put that out there and I'm sure that's going to happen because, you know, even just saying it out loud, I'm thinking we must be able to connect with the whoever is the design team and, um, and yeah, just make that happen. Yeah. Um, but I guess just to continue to, to grow the brand, we have a big, there's a big opportunity in the US market. There's some amazing customers. Sometimes I wonder how they hear about us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is an opportunity um, out there that I need to figure out how to navigate. So just increase distribution channels, keep on sharing the story. I think the story is really what what connects with people. We've had, we're gonna have our pieces in season two of Bel-Air. Bel-Air is the spin-off of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And that will be on. Yes, that will be on Peacock and that comes out in two to three weeks. So again, it's just, also just seeing how people style the pieces. I always, you know, know how I would wear my pieces, how I style them, but just see how they are, they're put together with other people. Um, 
other I'd love to have some retail opportunities I really want to kind of explore the whole wholesale market we've had a few pop-ups we had a pop-up in John Lewis Oxford Circus last year summer that was amazing Mm. um so just taking the learnings from there seeing how we can move forward and then um yeah kind of grow from there and then also just given the time that I spent in Kenya last not last year the year before last able to see the other materials that we have within the country so there are there are we I want to be introduced I will be introducing some more precious materials in the coming year which is super super exciting and again it's just been a a huge learning and educational um yeah because you've got I mean Tanzanite is is kind of only found in Tanzania and so I don't know so much about Kenya itself, but if there's a a natural resource that is part of that heritage, part of that culture, I mean, you you mentioned the beadwork, which is also a strong sort of um, Maasai cultural heritage, but yeah, you've got all of that to explore. And and I've got a vision that, you know, having a flagship, a New York, a london uh, maybe a sydney somewhere that people can go and find see because it's very tactile you know your cuffs are quite big and and it's, yeah. it's stuff that people need to sort of see on themselves and yeah, yeah definitely definitely it does add another element when you're able to interact with our customers you know whether it's through the the pop-ups or speaking engagements and stuff like that it's always just beautiful because we, we're an e-commerce brand you know which has been beautiful through the pandemic being able to stream mm. everything is is an amazing um thing to be able to do but yeah you do sometimes lose the the connection so I do try and find ways to keep on having those conversations keep on understanding who our customers are what they're looking for etc yeah that real um and that makes sense the connector in you but I I love that actually you've used the pandemic as a way of as you say streamlining taking it online not being defeated by the fact that it's it was suddenly very difficult to it must have been quite difficult from a sort of shifting things and getting getting over to Kenya yourself when you needed to and all that kind of stuff became quite physically difficult but that sort of almost forces the right we're going to put the investment in the website which is looking amazing and it it causes you to then say right we'll we'll embrace the the e-commerce commerce aspect you are just uh yeah an inspiration in terms of that sort of You've, you've married up that compassion with a real entrepreneurial spirit. And it's that, that as you say, that can-do attitude that you saw in those artisans that you very first started working with. I think you recognized it because it, it comes from yourself. You know, that pff, nothing's, nothing's too hard. It, it's yeah. hard, but it's not, it's not impossible. You know, we'll just bring other people in. We'll ask questions. We'll find out. Um, and we'll pay the way forward. It's just amazing. So I'm always intrigued because you have, um, you know, put kindness on the table and it's it's a sort of foundational stone of the brand really. Yeah. But is there a, an act of kindness that you remember that has sort of helped you move forward that, that always springs to mind when you're asked about that question? Yes, an act of kindness. Does it have to be, can it just be something in the past week or something? Yeah, just, I always think of kindness as a bit of an undervalued currency. And when you describe, you know, you tell your story, it's all about those little moments where somebody 
like your aunt who said, oh, I'll just host all these artisans or, you know, just those things that help you move forward. It's an act of generosity. Um, can be as simple as just someone smiling at you at the right time. You know, it's really, uh-huh. but it it just makes life better for yeah, everybody. Definitely. I'd say that uh, a recent act of kindness was really grounded in friendship. So even this, um, this last weekend, Sunday, I was supposed to be meeting up with a friend of mine, but I woke up not feeling too well. And they called in the morning, like, hey, how are you doing? Are we still on? And I think they could hear the hesitation in my voice. I was like, because there was a part of me that was like, I really want to see you today but I really don't want to leave my house. I'm not feeling the best, you know? And um, my friend was like, oh, don't worry. I'll come to you, bring some Prosecco. We're going to just order food. And it was beautiful. You know, when somebody just finds you where you are and even just given the past couple of years um, with the pandemic, with all the challenges we've had, friendship, I'd say, is one of those things that has really just brought us through you know yeah yeah and those friends who recognize what you need that you know when you say no you don't mean no I don't need to see you I just I just I just need something different I don't need to get dressed and go out yeah exactly exactly so friendship honestly especially over the past past year has just been really beautiful because it there it has been challenging you know but when you look mm. back and you think do you know what how did what helped me to push through it was just having those honest conversations just I'll come to you or you come to me and let's chat let's laugh let's cry let's come up with solutions or let's just watch a film and you know so I think really just having those relationships that can push you forward people who understand your vision and core you know life and words of wisdom into it um honestly is is really life-changing and I always say I mean it takes a good friend to be a good friend so you know it sounds like you are an amazing friend yourself and it sounds like the whole business is being built on that notion of you know I'll sell a piece of jewelry to someone very closely connected to me and then they will talk about it and they'll talk about it with that that love and compassion that you've put into the pieces in the first place because of the story behind it and that again is you know the story just travels of its own volition at that point it goes to friends of friends of friends and people want to get involved with it yeah sort of ripple effect which is just amazing just incredible and then i always ask um everyone who comes on collective wisdom about music because it's such a, I think we're wired for it. And it's, it's such a, a leveler. There's not many people who don't have some sort of, you know, because there's such a diversity in music, some piece of music that moves them or um, lifts their spirits or is their yeah. go-to piece. So when it comes to music, how, how do you find those two worlds of yours have been sort of merged together? Do you, do you find the influences in music as well as in your sort of, design pieces and heritage? Yes, definitely. I Music, I think, is just such a universal language. Mm, <laughs> it can mm. really get you in a mood. It can lift your spirits. It can, like, just put you in a really reflective space. Um, yeah, I think music is very powerful and just, yeah, and, and a beautiful tool that, that can connect with people of every age and demographic all at the same time for different reasons um and i'd say a song that really i go back to time and time again is a song by yolanda adams she's actually a gospel gospel singer and it's 
I'm going to be ready. Um, so back on the whole, um, you know, naivety, kind of going through things, we're going to figure this out. I think one of the main lines is there, you know, sight beyond what I see, you know, what's best for me, prepare my heart, prepare my mind for whatever comes and we're going to be ready. And so when there are moments where you're feeling like overwhelmed or like, man, I have no clue how to how to get through this or how to even navigate this space or this challenge or this um, obstacle, it's like, okay, do the work that you can. And even back to the quote that I, I shared a bit earlier, start where you are, do what you can, use what you have. Yeah, I find it very kind of sobering. Yeah. And just, a, I mean, what a great anthem, a sort of mantra, if you like, to just remind you that sometimes it involves starting before you feel ready. Exactly. Taking all these bold leaps into the unknown and just the fog clears as you take one step and then, oh, the next step is a little bit clearer. And then there's a bit of a hill and you just keep keep putting one foot in front of the other. Exactly. Exactly. And that's success. Yeah. That is how you you get through it. And I love that idea that, you know, it's it's a sense that success actually favors action takers and that's something that you have just consistently even when things don't seem to be going quite right okay what's the next best action what you know, how do we how do we figure this out what is the next thing we do who do we bring in to help it's yeah. just uh yeah and so that song really is a reflection of that whole journey that's beautiful yeah, definitely and I certainly love that I, I mean, I don't have the rights to be able to put the music. I would love, love, love to be able to play everybody out to their own tune, but, um, but that it, it means that I go and discover new music and add it to the playlist. So thank you for, yeah, that's going to be a really, really wonderful addition. And then, you know, you've talked about that wisdom of doing what you have with, with, with doing what you can with what you have starting now would you say that's the the piece of wisdom that has been your sort of guiding guiding mantra through this or is there something that you you kind of have learned along the way yeah I think it's it's a combination of that um also just connecting with people I think mm. you I really struggle to ask for help every now and then I really do <laughs> But I've been forced to, you know, I think um, just connecting with like-minded people, asking questions, you'll find that people are, are willing to help or at least connect you with somebody. Even the way we're having this podcast, we were yeah. connected, right? Yeah. And so I think it's just having the, being willing to share your journey, um, ask for help, be willing to to take in people's feedback here and there. Yeah, understanding that it's a journey, I think is 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 a very key aspect of everything because there there'll be highs, there'll be lows, and sometimes you'll be in your low, you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I wasn't supposed to do this, maybe this was all a mistake. But actually, I don't. The journey is never linear, um, and there's always something to take from whatever it is you're experiencing, you know. And so, the the friendship and the the asking for help, I think, is always key because especially in entrepreneurship, when it's you, when you're starting out, there's a lot of things you'll experience for the first time. 
So for the first time, you're like, this is a disaster. But if you share it with another friend who's been in it, they're like, oh, don't worry, get used to this. This is going to happen again next month. This yes. is going to happen again next year, next week. And it never it never gets over. I mean, um, Brené Brown talks, that's amazing. Brené Brown talks about um, FFTs, which I'll leave you to work out what the first times are. But yeah, it's <laughs> whenever you face something for the first time, and no matter how experienced you are, the first time you do anything brings that either fear or potential for disaster or, oh God, I've got to do this and it's going to be so messy because I'm comparing myself to someone who's been doing it for 20 years and they're so much further down the road. But it is so true that, you know, asking for help can be, it's quite humbling. It takes a bit of humility to say, I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but I could really use your help. And what I find, as you've said, with this conversation, it was if you ask for specific help, can you listen to the story and are you interested in having a chat and doing a podcast episode? It's so specific. There's a there's a scope for me to say, well, actually, you know, I'm doing a season later on. It would be much more apt for that. Mm-hmm. When you ask for specific help, people love to be able to say, yes, that's exactly what I do. That's exactly how I can help you. So it's getting that real sense of, and then knowing that, I can also be helped in future, you know, and it doesn't always have to be from the same person. It just becomes that network of, yeah, we all sort of work together and, and make things smoother for each other. It's just such sage advice. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Um, And is there anything else you'd like to say, you know, for, for people who are checking out the brand and, um, to inspire them to, to just be part of this, you know, maybe some of the stories of people whose lives have really been shifted by it as a sort of parting, a parting wish, if you like. Yes, yes. I mean, the the whole mission behind the brand is that we're changing the narrative that jewellery can be an agent for social change. Mm. Um, so every piece of jewelry is handmade with love every single piece is handmade with love by our super talented artisans who take time to hand cut hand hand plate hand everything all of our pieces and so just knowing that you're contributing to a community a community that you may never actually get to connect with personally yourself but it really is having an impact across the globe across the the continents um you know um and and i think that it's such a powerful experience it's such a powerful feeling you know that we have customers reach out all the time and it, you know, they'll have a piece of jewellery. There was a lady who um, bought a necklace to wear to her son's wedding the other day. And she was like, it had to be from from you guys. And it had to, because it holds such sentiment. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think it's just knowing that all of your pieces are handmade with love by communities that are often overlooked, that we are trying to our best to support and understand and connect with. And yeah, there'll be a lot more to come. So just stay on the journey. Keep up with us. (laughs) I know it's been such a privilege to be right with you. You know, I I feel like you feel like you've been in this for a long time. But in the the sort of grand, grand scheme of things, this is a brand that has ways to go. And I just hope that by sharing this story in this way, I play my small part in that whole sense of, 
yeah empowerment and as you said it's it's that taking we we make a little vote every time we choose with our consumer power yes. where to where to spend our dollars it's you know making a vote for making a difference which is so powerful so i wish you all the luck in the world Uma Tony, and thank you, thank you for sharing your story so openly and beautifully. But also, thank you for that that energy and compassion that you're putting out into the world because it really is making a difference. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for your time, for your words of wisdom, for your platform as well. This is you've done so many seasons. I was going through the episodes; like you've been very consistent and really sharing stories um like mine and you know people of different walks of life and it really does make an impact so thank you it's a pleasure it's been an absolute joy to share the space with you and i i just want to wish you all the very best of luck and to anyone listening to this do please go and check out just have a look because it's so compelling once you get onto that website you'll find something that you think oh actually yes maybe maybe and so links are in the show notes but it's umu um so u-m-u-t-o-n-i jewelry and you can find you can google search that obviously and and find the links um but yeah i wish you the very best of luck and thanks so much for joining me thank you thank you have a great day and speak soon Oh, I do hope you enjoyed that conversation just as much as I did. Uma Tony is such a catalyst for joy and positive energy, and it was a real privilege to get to spend some time hearing her story. And talking of catalysts, I'm relaunching my weekly newsletter, which accompanies this podcast. It's called Catalyst because, well, I'm Cat, and it's kind of a list of all the things that inspire me and I hope will inspire you too and maybe be a catalyst for sparking something inside of you. I've realised there are so many amazing people who are now regular listeners to this podcast and I'm hoping it will be a way of staying really connected to you all. So if you want details of how to subscribe, you can find, you can drop me a note to cat at catpreston.com or head over to collectivewisdom underscore pod on Instagram and you'll find all the details there. Thank you so much for being here. This podcast really wouldn't be what it is today without you, the people who tune in regularly to listen. I so appreciate you and I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.